Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Why don't we pray? Dear Father, we look to you today to just steer us up by the power of your Holy Spirit that you sent here on this planet a couple thousand years ago to help us and to comfort us. Lord, go before us today here at the church and throughout the internet. We just pray that you would speak and the people would receive, that they would have ears to hear and a heart to receive the things that you want us to know today at this time of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, if you could open it up to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. One of the most beloved songs of David... We probably have known it since we were little kids, saw it, whether it be on a card, on a plaque. And I think with everything that's going on in the world today, you know, as a former coach of 44 years and guy who played different sports, I think it's very important that we go back to the fundamentals. I think we need to recheck the fundamentals of our Christian faith. And I think there's this psalm is tremendous in doing that. David, who was just a young teenager, and this is why it's so cool, young people that are either here or listening, how God can use you at your age is phenomenal. Because you have very little responsibility, you have a lot of time on your hands, and you have so much youth and energy on your side. But the problem is you bought into the lie of society that you are too young or you're too inexperienced. But see, what we leave out is the third person of the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Spirit, God himself, who steers us up to do works that God has prepared for us before the foundation of the world. If you remember the story of David, he was just out with the flocks, with his family's flocks. And if you remember, Samuel went to anoint the new king of Israel because Saul blew it. He wasn't relying on God. He wanted to do things his own way. So Samuel went to anoint one of the sons. And none of the sons were in the house at the time. They were there, but none of those are the ones that God approved. And Samuel asked, is there anybody else? He goes, well, yeah, my young boy's out in the field with the sheep. And they said, well, please go get him. They got him. They anointed him. And he became the king, King David, the shepherd of Israel. But today, we want to throw all those people out the window, whether it's Moses, who was a shepherd, Jacob, shepherd, great stories, great lessons, But I think now the fundamental thing for you and me with everything that's going on 
is we got to zero in on the one and only shepherd, the Lord himself. So let's take a look at uh, verses one and two right now. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I love the pictures that I've chosen. They're so awesome. They say so many things that you can get from them. But it says the Lord. The Lord. Not a Lord. Not any Lord. Not even my Lord. The Lord. One. One God. None else. That came from heaven to earth and put on human flesh. Lived here for 33 years to identify with you and me. And that we could identify with him. And notice, he is my shepherd. Personal, right? Personal. He's your shepherd. He's my shepherd if you receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. He's the eternal God before all time. He's outside of time. Notice here, the Lord is my shepherd, how emphatic it is. And we said how personal it is. And notice, he's my shepherd. And we know him, if we've been with the Lord, that he's a good shepherd. He's a great shepherd. He's a super shepherd. There's no words that can describe him. In John chapter 10, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. How great is that shepherd that would die for his sheep? That he would leave the 99 and go looking for the one. Well, guess what? If you're hearing my voice today, you're the one that he's after or that he went after and captured By his love and by his grace and by his mercy. Notice it says, I shall not want. Another way of saying that is, I shall not lack. Remember, David, who wrote this, was a shepherd. But he's writing this psalm as if he was a sheep. Looking at God as a shepherd. That is awesome. Because we're going to see today some of the things that the shepherd went through for his sheep. Another way of saying I shall not want is I shall not lack. You see, you might want something. I might want something. But it's not necessarily what we need. Right? Older folk, more mature folk. Isn't that right? You want something, but you didn't get it, but you found out later you never needed it. Well, Jesus, the shepherd of our souls, knows what we need. Not what you and I think we want. And that is huge. Because what a good shepherd knows his sheep needs He will provide. What's your deepest need today? What's my deepest need? 
When everything is said and done, what is your deepest need? For me, it's the day that either Jesus raptures me to heaven or I'm on the deathbed and I'm about to leave this planet to go meet my Lord face to face. My deepest need is to know my good shepherd. Amen? It's to know our good shepherd, right? To know he's there. He's, he's brought me through this life and getting me ready for the next. There's no lack with a good shepherd, Jesus Christ. There's no lack. He makes me lie down in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, that's a pretty neat picture. But you've got to understand, there's a lot that went in for this sheep to get into that position. Sheep are compared to you and me, whether you like it or not. It's throughout Scripture. And one other thing about sheep, they're very nervous and they're very fearful. A little mouse. They could be a hundred sheep in the field, and a little mouse goes out there. One sheep sees it. He starts going crazy. They all start going crazy. Fear is huge for the shepherd to overcome in the sheep's life. There's a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. As the sheep gets to know the shepherd, He's more confident. Now, what would this little sheep, well, actually, that's a big sheep. What would that sheep have to be fearful of? Well, friction among other sheep, the pecking order. Irritation from insects. Rivalry in the herd or in the flock. Pestilence, ticks, flies. But notice the shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Why? Because he takes care of all that other stuff that makes us fearful and irritated. In... 1 Timothy 6, verses 6 to 7. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out of it. Do you get it? You brought nothing into this world. When we leave it, we're bringing nothing out of it. So everything from birth to death or birth to rapture. Not going with us. How much importance do you put on that stuff? Or is it more important to be locked in on the shepherd? We need to know our shepherd. We need to walk tight to that shepherd, Jesus Christ. 
He leads me besides the still waters. The quiet waters. Quiet. Hmm. The still waters. You know, the shepherd, just like he has to check for the insects and the ticks and the flies, he also has to check the water supply. Not all water is good. It's pretty cool. There's sometimes the shepherd will let his sheep out early in the morning when there's dew on the grass. And the sheep will eat the grass, but they'll be drinking at the same time. And a sheep that is being fed that dew morning after morning can go actually about a month without actually drinking water because the dew supplies the hydration to the sheep. But it's early in the morning that that dew's there. Hmm. How is a sheep like us? Well, you know, if you're feeling dry in your soul, if you're going through something, maybe you need to get up early before the craziness of the day at a quiet time and just spend some time with your shepherd, drinking in his word. Get that dew in the morning just to nourish and refresh your soul. The shepherd also can draw from the deep wells going down with the bucket deep in the well and and roll it up. You know, sometimes the Lord touches us with the deep things of his word as we spend time with him. He reveals things to us through his Holy Spirit. Other times it might be in a field where he has to actually uh, build like a little dam. If there's a stream moving or a river moving, he might have to dam a part of that water. So it's like a little pool for a sheep to come. Because you see, the sheep can lose their balance very easy. They can fall into the water and drown. We can be, you and I, can be thrown off balance real easy. I think we've seen it in our world over the last few months, right? We're off balance. The world needs the shepherd. The stream, the water, the well, it's got to be clean. Can't just feed on anything or drink anything. What are you thirsting after? Pastor Joe mentioned a few things. Is it knowledge? Is it science? Is it wealth? Is it sex, drugs, and rock and roll? Is it sports? What is it that you thirst after? When all is said and done... When you came into the world, you weren't a shortstop. You weren't a concert pianist. And when you leave here, you're not going to take the piano or the glove with you. But what you want with you is Jesus Christ, the shepherd of your souls. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns 
that can hold no water. Now, a cistern is like a jug that they used to get water and they used to drink out. But imagine if you had to walk like uh, hundreds of yards or a half a mile and you had this huge jar and it was cracked and you filled it to the top. By the time you get home, there's no water in it or it's half filled and you have to do it again and again. Yet we are told by God that we've forsaken him and that we have hewn for ourselves. We have made things in our lives more important than him. And it's like a cracked cistern. It just empties out. It might be okay for a little time, but it's not the fundamental thing that we need. Verse 3. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. Satan, the enemy of our souls, likes to pull the wool over our eyes, spiritually speaking. Can I get a couple bars for that? <laughs> he loves to do that. And you see, sheep like to wander. But the ones who stay closest to their shepherd are okay. And we'll see some of the characteristics of sheep as I continue. But he restores my soul. The wool is a type of our flesh. The wool is a type of our old self if you're a new creature in Christ, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Wool can be our pride. Wool can be our negative thoughts. But so you see, God's word are like the sheep shears. It trims, it cuts the flesh away. It allows a sheep to breathe. It also reveals, if we were shearing that Sheep up there, you might find some ticks or other insects or other parasites. And as we cut the wool away, you'd be removing that. You'd be picking it out. Well, God's word does that to you and I, doesn't it? It reveals the parasites, the sin in our life that needs to be confessed and cut out. The shepherd sets the sheep free. So it can lie down. You see, with all these irritations, it can't. It's nervous. It's fearful. But when things are removed that cause that irritation, it can rest. It can lie down. Jesus wants to set you and I free. We're freer than we are. What's our fears? What's our worries? What's our cares? In Psalm 42, 11, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. Now, this sheep right now is cast down. It lost its balance. 
It can't right itself up. It needs a shepherd to put it back on its feet. Stayed in this position. The stomach will become bigger. It will bloat. The sun will beat on him. He will die. If the shepherd doesn't get to him and put him right. Why are you and I are so cast down? I believe if any of us are going through that, or if you're listening today and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, is because you're off balance in an abnormal world. We hear this term, the new normal. Now, they just want to try to get back. It's just abnormal. New abnormal, old abnormal. It doesn't matter. This world is abnormal. It's not the way God designed it. But it is why Jesus came down to die for the people in the world. One Corinthians ten twelve says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And I want to throw this out to all the Christians, including myself and anybody listening. I believe that we as God's followers, as his children, as his sheep, don't stay close enough to our shepherd. I think we drift. And only because of his love and his faithfulness does he go and get us and bring us closer to him. But you know what the shepherd has to do sometimes to that sheep that keeps drifting? Has to break its legs. We'll look in a little bit about the rod and the staff. But he's got to take the rod and break its legs. And then he takes that little sheep and he puts it around his neck after he splints the brake and he puts it around his neck. And wherever the shepherd goes, the sheep goes with him. And then when he's healed, he puts down the sheep. And guess what? He stays right with them. Some of us might be going through a breaking process right now. We might be seeing things that we thought were so important was taken away from us. But remember, coming into the world and going out, we take nothing in and we take nothing out. The only thing we want to take with us is our shepherd, Jesus Christ. Pastor Joe, I believe it was last week with the church at Laodicea in Revelation 3.17. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. Guys, girls, that's you and I without our shepherd. We're wretched, we're miserable, we're poor, we're blind, we're naked because we're not relying on our shepherd enough. It's our pride that keeps us from following our shepherd. What else is more important than him? Nothing, nothing. But I can say, I think it's a pretty fair thing to say for for the Christian community that most of the Christian community is not close and tight with the shepherd. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. You know, sheep will follow the same paths over 
and over and over again. And they need a shepherd to show them new paths. Because what can happen if they keep going on the same path over and over and over again? It becomes a gully. And guess what happens when it becomes a trench or a gully? They lose their balance. And guess what position they're in? They're cast down. They will keep going to the same pasture. Even if it's barren. They'll just go where they were last. But you see, it's a shepherd's job to make sure that the pasture that they're going to is nutritious, is free from pestilence, doesn't have all those insects, doesn't have poisonous plants. The shepherd knows the paths he has to take with the sheep to put the sheep in a position to thrive, to maintain their strength, to grow. But you know what? Sheep, like you and me, are stubborn. They're stiff-necked. They're prideful. They think they know what's best for them. Guys, girls, we don't know what's best for us in TV land. We don't know what's best for us. We don't. If you think you do outside of Christ, you got the wool over your eyes. And that's not good. Isaiah, um, one of the things that Isaiah talks about is that we are all like sheep that have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, but yet the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of his all. That's what a good shepherd does. He's willing to die for his sheep. You know, we think there's a certain way we should travel, right? We think there's a way that's right for us, but in the end, it can lead to death. The Holy Spirit of God, you know, we're celebrating today. I don't know if you know, is Pentecost Sunday. It's a celebration of when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers, and he's been here ever since in the hearts of every believer that has received him. But the Holy Spirit wants to be so active in your life and my life each and every moment of each and every day. We become witnesses to the things of God because of the Holy Spirit who God gives to those who obey Him. Traveling paths of righteousness. Now, you know, all the sheep or sheep have different IQs. Some are very aggressive. Some are very laid back. But you know what? It doesn't have anything to do with how the shepherd treats them. He leads them in these paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's for God's glory, not the sheep or ours. It's for his glory, not ours. How many times have you and I been faithless, but he's been faithful? And we can look back and see his hand on the situations in our life. He can't deny himself, the scripture says. Isn't it cool that the shepherd's um, care of us is not dependent on our, our IQ or our status? 
It's his faithfulness to his word. That's a great shepherd. The next part of the verse is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I want to point out that a better translation is if or when, or not if, but when, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't mean the day that you leave this earth necessarily, although this is a psalm, isn't it, that's used at a lot of uh, viewings when people pass. But this is, if you understand what's happened, this The shepherd is leading his sheep from one meadow to the next. He starts in the spring after a long winter. And he's bringing them through the meadows. He's bringing them up into the higher ground. But in order to get to the higher ground, he's got to go through valleys in order to get to the higher ground. And to go through valleys and go into the higher ground, he's got to go through the valley of the shadow of death. And what that means is there's poisonous plants. There's raging rivers. There's those insects, but there's also wolves and bears. There's things that can attack and kill these sheep. So you and I, every day, we go through things that are dark, maybe dark times in our lives is another way to think of that uh, shadow of death. The dark valley. The real deep, dark valleys. Maybe you're going through a dark valley right now. You can't see in front of you what's going to come next. You're not sure what the Lord is doing. But this is where we need to trust our shepherd. You see, he's been this way before. With millions and millions of his people. He's going to get you and I to where we need to be. But understand, it's not always going to be a fun ride. There's going to be dark times. So dark that we can't see our hand in front of our face. One of the things the sheep knew that no matter what came, whether it was the predators, the sleet, the hail, the snow... The shepherd was with them. They could see him. They knew him. They'd been protected by him before. Now, you and I know already there's rough times in the Christian life. But to get to the higher ground, we need to go through these valleys. Remember, he is a God of both the mountains and the valleys. You don't just find him in one place. He's all over the place. You can't get away from him. Because he's an awesome shepherd, a great shepherd. If you're going through some problems, some struggles, and this is something to do, we should all do this. It shouldn't be just when we're going through hard times. Reflect back on the faithfulness of God in your life. Remember when you didn't think you were going to get through certain situations, but now you're years down the road, aren't you? You made it through those situations. You never thought it was going to end, but it did. 
Well, if you're going through something now, it is going to end. Just keep that shepherd close. Stay close to the shepherd. Bible speaks about God being a strong tower. The righteous run to him and are safe. I don't want to see the tower 20 miles away. I want to be right there inside that tower. I want him to be my safe haven. Next verse. Next part of the verse. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod is a small club-like picture up there on the screen. It was used as a weapon. It was used as a disciplinary tool. God's word is our rod. He is our authority. God's word is our authority. We cling to it. You see, the sheep's comfort came when they knew and they saw everything that the shepherd had. And their comfort came as a result of the authority and the strength that the shepherd displayed. The rod was also used in counting sheep, especially as it went up to the higher plateau. It would also be used to go through the wool of the sheep to see if there were any insects, any any parasites, any thorns. The rod was used as protection and a deterrent from any kind of attack. God's word, remember, gets into our wool, gets into our flesh, reveals a problem. And as we confess our sins, we confess our problems. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, just like the shepherd did to the sheep. The staff is the bigger stick up there with the hook or crook on it. It identifies the shepherd as the shepherd. You couldn't use this staff on any other animal. As the rod is the word of God, so the staff is the spirit of God. God's Holy Spirit. The staff was used by the shepherd to draw sheep into a deeper relationship with the sheep's mom. He would just gently, just gently tap it to move it over closer to its mom when it was weaning. Or he would tap it and bring it close to him. He would also, as he was walking, just put out the staff and just touch the sheep. Almost like if you have a friend's hand on your shoulder. And you just walk with that person, that comfort, that trust that is there. Just as the Holy Spirit draws us into a deeper relationship with Jesus and the Father. That's what God's Holy Spirit does. In John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, 
But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. That's why it's so important for you and I to be in church. The most essential place on the planet. It is when you think about it. It's the most essential place on the planet. There's no other place more essential than church where the God has said to not stop meeting together, to interact with each other, to pray for one another, to have your home group Bible studies, to get into God's word. Because notice what the Holy Spirit, one of his functions is, is to tell you things to come. If they take all that away, guess what? You don't hear the things to come. You've got to keep your face in the book. You've got to interact with each other. Where two or more are gathered in my name, that's where he is. In a very special way. Can you meet with God one-on-one? Absolutely. You should. You should be doing that all the time. But huge miracles take place when we meet together. The staff, like God's Holy Spirit, reassures the sheep of the proper path and helps guide us. God, the Holy Spirit, takes the word of God and makes it plain to our hearts and our minds and gives us spiritual understanding. We want that real personal relationship. We want the mind of the shepherd. We want the mind of Christ. We're going through the Song of Solomon, and one of the quotes that keeps coming up is, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Speaking about our relationship with Jesus. He's my beloved, and I'm his. You're his beloved. And he's yours. How tight is that relationship? Next verse, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, one of the things that the shepherd was doing was he's bringing his sheep from the home throughout the course of the spring and the summer to higher ground. Because in the higher ground, as you can see, the the snow-capped mountains are feet in the valley below and it's plush. And the vegetation is there. And there's lakes and pools. But one of the things the shepherd has to do is he has to go pioneer this ground before he brings his sheep there. He's got to check all the crevices. He's got to check what is the chance of an attack by a predator. What about the poisonous plants? How, how clean is the water? Well, you know what? Jesus has done that for you and I. He knows the road that we've come from and been on. He knows where we're going after we leave here today and for the next X amount of years till we meet him face to face. He's been there before us. And he's going to take us there because he's been there already. How much confidence and trust can you have in a God who has done that? He knows what's coming. The high range, the high plateaus, also known as a mesa. And what does mesa mean, guys? Table. Notice this verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Well, what enemies are out there for the sheep? We know. Wolves, bears, wild dogs. 
But there's also those little things like those poisonous plant or the dirty water. And notice that our shepherd prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Doesn't matter what's going on in this world. Doesn't matter what the governors, the presidents, the kings do. Our shepherd's got it wired. He's got it wired. The problem is we need to pray for those people that our shepherd becomes their shepherd, right? Because they came into this world with nothing and they're going to leave with nothing. Talked about wandering sheep. They're open to quick attack and harmful situations. Those who stay close to the shepherd are safe. You know, the high ground is beautiful. It's tranquil. This is a time that we talk to Jesus. This is a time we spend in his word. This is a time you allow his Holy Spirit to speak to you. When you sit down, dear Holy Spirit, speak to my heart today. Dear Holy Spirit, speak to our heart right now in the closing minutes. Dear Holy Spirit, speak to the people who are watching on the Internet. Touch their hearts. Show them how much you love them, that you love them so much that Jesus died on the cross for them, was buried and rose from the dead and is coming back. Do it now. It's not a one-time thing. You can pray anytime, anything that's on your heart. Allow God's Holy Spirit to speak to you. God wants us to live on a higher plane with him. Next verse, or next part of the verse. You anoint my head with oil. You know, we talked about this as the celebration or the anniversary of Pentecost. Well, in the summertime, which is the time they're on the high plateau, it's also called fly time. There's nose flies, all different kinds of flies. They like to lay their eggs in the membrane of the sheep's nostrils. They hatch. And then this worm-like larvae go up the nasal cavity into the sheep's head, burrow into the flesh, Severe irritation and swelling result. And guess what the sheep does for relief? He bangs his head on trees, rocks, the ground. He can become blind from this. He runs from the flies when he sees them. He hides. He stops grazing. There's a negative impact on all the sheep in the herd. Sometimes they kill themselves for comfort. How important is it for this shepherd to pay strict attention that these flies don't bug these sheep? How important is it for a shepherd to do this? So what he does, he takes some linseed oil, he mixes it with sulfur and tar, and he puts it on the head of the sheep, and he takes it and he puts it inside the nostrils. And almost immediately, the sheep... Calm down. We need that oil, guys, girls. We need that oil. That's the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As I said before, we need to ask the Holy Spirit in specific situations. And nothing is too little or too big because it's little larvae that went in there. 
can't even see it. But it could cause the death of the sheep. What are the little things in your life and my life that are irritating us, that need to be confessed, that makes you and I feel like we got to bang our head against the wall with what's going on? One thing about the Holy Spirit, also called the paraclete, meaning to come alongside of us throughout our lifetime as believers in Christ. He's with you all the time. You can always rely on him, just like the sheep could rely on the shepherd. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You and I need daily anointings. I do. I don't know about you, but I definitely need daily anointings. I need the mind of Christ all the time. I need the attitude of Christ. In Romans 8, verses 1 and 2, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. If you're not a believer in Christ, you need to be set free from the law of sin and death. It's killing you. You're off balance. If you haven't fallen over yet, you will. And you'll be like that sheep that was upside down. You won't be able to write it up. Only a miracle will take place, can take place to do that. The other thing that is a problem that a good shepherd is always alert of is this thing This little microorganism, this little insect called a scab. And what that scab does, it actually gets in the fleece and goes and eats eats the skin of the, uh, the sheep. They're parasites. And the thing is that sheep love to rub each other's head. They butt each other's head in a nice way, not trying to hurt. But it's very contagious if one of them has a scab. Like sin in our life, it's contagious. You know, if you're hanging around with somebody that's always sinning, well, guess what? You're going to be contagious. It's going to get to you. Good character is corrupted by bad character. The only uh, antidote for this is the head with oil. Put in the oil on the head. In your life and my life, how important is our mind? What we take in, what we hear, what we listen to, what we take in affects our very soul and our spirit and our emotions. And as the Bible says, you know, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The other thing that happened as summer was ending and it was getting into autumn was it was a cooler time, but it was also the mating time. So these rams would battle. You know, we see the commercials for the Dodge truck with the rams banging each other. Well, you know what? They can kill each other. They can injure each other. They can maim each other. And the shepherd has the answer to that too. He greases their heads. So when they hit each other, It just comes off. And guess what? After they come off, just hit and graze off, they lose interest. It's no big deal anymore. You know? 
We need God's Holy Spirit working in our lives in our church. How many times have you butted head with other people in the church? You need that anointing of the Holy Spirit so it just brushes off. It's no big deal. Yes, in church, there can be jealousies, there can be envy, there can be rivalries. But the good shepherd can take care of that. My cup runs over. When you have the Holy Spirit in your life and you're anointed by the Spirit, it overflows your cup, it overflows your spirit, it overflows your heart. You can splash on other people. You can touch other people's lives with the things of God. Let's all ask for bigger cups. More of the Holy Spirit in our life to just overflow our hearts, our minds, our spirits so that we can touch and splash on others the love of God. And then it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Think of God's goodness and mercy to you over your life. Think of your goodness and mercy to others over your life. One of the things that sheep in these meadows, they had to poop. They had to get rid of all that good stuff they were taking in. But that manure was so fertile that it just really made the soil even that much more richer as it was passed on. The grazing, they eat almost everything in sight. So the shepherd gave them good things to eat. But by eating all that good stuff, the land became more fertile and weed free land. You see, when you build into other lives and I build into other lives, it takes out the weeds takes out those temptations and the sins. God uses us in the growth of that person. When, you leave, when we leave, what do you leave behind? Is it sadness or gladness? Is it forgiveness or bitterness? Is it goodness and mercy or animosity and judgment? Finally, it says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well, they've made the journey. They're coming down off the plateau. They're going back home for the winter. And they're home. They're going to dwell in that house forever. It's a long, quiet winter at home after an adventurous spring, an adventurous summer, an adventurous fall. Look back at your exploits with Jesus and what he has done and look forward to your coming adventures with him because he's a good shepherd. You can trust him. Remember, the church was birthed at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came upon every believer and he used them to impact their world just as he is and wants to use you to impact this time of history. In John chapter 6, verse 68 Simon was asked by Jesus, what do you say? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. That's it. Bring nothing into the world, going out with nothing, but we want one thing, our shepherd who brings us to eternal life. And finally, 
If you are here today or you are listening on the computer and the Internet, you have to understand that Jesus made it very simple. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me. No one goes home. You know, in a, I read the book, um, A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm in preparation of today's message. And one of the things it opened with, there were, was the sheep farm here, and there was a fence and a sheep farm here. And the sheep farm here had lousy shepherds, mean shepherds, neglectful shepherds. And the shepherd on this side was the good shepherd. He took care of his sheep. And the sheep over here were malnutrition. They were skinny. Their wool was terrible. But the sheep over this side looked awesome. And the sheep over here went right up against the fence looking at the other sheep. I wonder how many of those sheep wanted to be on that side. And how many of these sheep are so glad that they had a good shepherd. Well, this side is the world. This is the, the sheep that are being ripped off by evil shepherd. But the good shepherd is calling all of us. He loved us so much that he died for the whole world, every single person in the world. The atheist, the agnostic, the Buddhist, the Muslim. It doesn't matter. And he wants to reach those people on that side. But there is one problem and only one solution. In John chapter 10, verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. You can only get in to the sheepfold by going through the correct door, the correct gate, which is Jesus Christ. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.